Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and my awesome co-host is in the house, Alan Witch. What is happening, my brother from another mother? What's happening? Hey, buddy. How's going? it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for the great introduction. How are you doing? You got you got a lot on your plate now. You're uh, you're packing up and doing a little Dude. tiny move. Dude, I shouldn't say a little. Move, it's a big move. Got, <laughs> it's it's so much going on right now with partnerships, the TV show that obviously uh, we're we're talking about behind the scenes right now, Alan, and uh, all the other really crazy things that have just happened. But it really comes down to the environment and the social network you have uh, that you know grows because of the things that you and I have been doing, you know, to help people uh, and you know provide a good service and you know. Um, and, and just connect. I mean, we've got something cool, you know, called the Connectors and uh, an accelerating program that's coming out. So I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. That was like a lot right there, but I'm just fired <laughs> that up. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Fingers you caught me a at a, good just coming off. Yeah, <laughs> you just caught me coming off a, a call and talking about all this. So uh, obviously you're getting a little bit of that. But uh, we've got a great guest, uh, someone who's going to be uh, a lot of fun to chat with. Obviously, doing some great things out there, and we can't wait to have her in the family. Uh, so let's uh, let's just just right, get right at it, Alan. What do you think? I think it's going to be great. We've got a great right. guest. We're excited. Uh, we need more of our guests, like our guest today. Uh-huh. We'd like uh-huh. to have uh, several more, but uh, we are very happy and very privileged with our guest today, the accidental mentor. Awaken the uh-huh. power of the word. She's all over. She's been she's been seen in, been on, been in all sorts of uh, public locations. She's all yeah, across the let's board. Let's tell her. Let's let's she's, say it. Hey, she's house. got a lot going Hop on. Close. Chicken soup for the soul. Yes. Chicken soup for the soul. Entrepreneur she's on fire. I mean, on. wow. Yeah, she's got she's a lot got some really going cool on, things. and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about what her journey has been up to today, kind of where she's going. But before that, let's bring her on. Mary Shores, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold. Hey, guys. It's exciting to be here. Nice to meet both of you. Likewise. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to have a sister from another mister <laughs> and someone who's out there rocking it out and having some fun. But, you know, we always like to know who you are so that people can, you know, understand what you do as well. And where did that all kind of started, Mary? Where, you know, where did this 
stuff happen. And it sounds like, based on the tagline, accidental, maybe there was a, I don't know, something kind of happened in your life. I can't wait to dive in. What, uh, what do we got? Bring us through the history of time uh, and take as much time as you want, you know, based on the story that you want to share with people today. And, you know, this is a good time for the audience. This is where the golden nuggets come out and the stuff that might give you that little slight edge where someone, you know, might be thinking, hey, I need to connect with Mary because, you know, this sounds like me. So let's do it. So, okay, I'm going to I'm going to warn you ahead of time. I'm the kind of person that has a huge story. So I'm going to um, tell you I first like what stories. I do, what I'm about. But yeah. I have got like a story that's a wild ride through life. If you remember those old Mountain Dew commercials, mm-hmm. like do the do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind I of a do. great I metaphor. For Pepsi. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I actually handled that brand way back. Yeah. It's funny. And isn't it funny? Because like. Hardly anybody would touch Mountain Dew these days unless you're a 17-year-old boy or something. <laughs> Apologize if you're a Mountain Dew drinker. Sorry, I just, I just yeah. can't put that in my body. So, okay, well, yeah. here it is. I My expertise is I'm a debt collector, and um, I own a debt collection company that I started in 1998, which makes me, um, if not the youngest person to ever start a collection agency in the world, certainly one of the youngest when I was only 24 years old. And what's really special about what I have been able to do is that right away when I started this collection agency, I wanted to be different than all the other collectors because collections just by nature seems to be a pretty negative racket, if you know what I mean. It's like there's a lot of... Sure. Absolutely. Sure. A lot of abuses going on. I mean, they've earned they've earned their bad reputation, if if you can understand yeah. that. And so, like, I decided from the beginning that I wanted to take a sales approach, and I went about like cool. trying to sell people on the idea of paying a debt. And what happened was it failed, and it failed miserably. Now you might think yeah. like oh, that sounds good. She wants to sell people instead of threatening them. That would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. I would rather pay someone who's being nice to me versus pay someone who's threatening <laughs> sure. me. But the sure. reality is that human beings are wired to something called negativity bias. And what this means is that we have a stronger reaction to negative stimuli than we do to positive stimuli. So because my competition was using fear and intimidation to collect debts, what happened was the people who owed the money were paying them and then not paying me because I was kind of like the proverbial nice guy. So that was like the first reason it failed. But there was a second reason, which I think is much more important to talk about here. It failed because sales didn't address the shame and the unworthiness that people feel just by having a debt in the first place. And Mm. so... Early in my career, I started putting these things together, and then I developed a communication strategy, which um, has been very revolutionary for myself, for my staff, for my clients, for anyone involved. I've always called it words that work, and it's just this... It's just this strategy that's based on my mission of wanting people to feel good about paying their debt versus feeling the shame and unworthiness of having a debt. And that worked. Interesting. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, How did the industry I mean, accept it, that? That's cool. Yeah. Well, my, my revenue grew 34% in the very first year that I started experimenting. I mean, just hadn't even perfected my system yet, just had experimented mm-hmm. with it. And the first experimental thing I did was eliminate all negative language from my office. 
And so by eliminating these negative words, Hmm. no, not, can't, won't, however, and unfortunately, it completely changed my business in so many ways. Like, for example, um, I already mentioned that my revenue went up. And by the way, guys, this doesn't just work in collections. I have yet to find an industry that this does not work in. So whether it's healthcare, whether it's IT, anything that has a department or one person who communicates with Mm -hmm. another person, this strategy will work for them and it will do wonders in their business. So one of the first things I noticed is my staff was coming to me and they were talking to me about how this was changing their life. So that's another thing that happened was because it put Hmm. everyone in this empowered state of being, which we can talk about. So my employee retention went through the roof because uh, collection agencies in, in like, they really have high turnover. And so my turnover disappeared. That was another thing that happened. And then my complaints and my lawsuits and all of that were drastically reduced. So I was able to like really make some giant shifts in my business. And like I said, the the experiment started with just eliminating these negative words. So your epitome, I mean, this is awesome because you actually changed an entire philosophy just by the philosophy we become what we think about. It's so fascinating. You know, it eventually, it eventually got to that point, you know, for me back in like 2005, when I was first starting to do this, it was really the the pivot of understanding how the negative words were going to trigger people even Mm -hmm. more. And I like to say that my, my system is based on neurology psychology and neurochemistry. And so what happens is if somebody is in like a fight or flight response in their body, like they're tense, you know, I often, so just the other day, I just got back from uh, New York. I was on vacation with my kid and we were in upstate New York at this place called uh, Omega Institute. Now this place is a 500 acre a 501c3 retreat center and it's just absolutely insanely gorgeous and peaceful and you know you just really are in this like slow relaxed lifestyle when you're hanging out at Omega Institute well then I had to drive to the airport so after like 10 days being at this wonderful beautiful place I have to drive to Jersey and I don't know if you've ever <laughs> driven Jersey before, yep, but I like <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense to me. And I could drive in Chicago all day long, whatever right. they got going on, like Long Island, Jersey, so New true. York. No wonder so people are so angry. Right, right. <laughs> Autonomous cars, please, in that area, right? Please, yes, please. yes. And then um, I find that's... out like you're not even allowed to pump your own gas in Jersey. It's like what the yeah. H. So, you know, all these things are stressing me out, right? And so I go from this, like, peaceful place to level 100 meltdown because of this stress, (laughs) um, the last hour of this drive when I'm getting close to the airport. But we all know that feeling when our body is stressed out and we get, like, Mm -hmm. our muscles, like, our shoulders are up to our ears and our eyes are bulging and we just give off this vibe, you know, it's this, this angry vibe. And so what I realized is that, and this was years ago, people that have a debt, before they even have the conversation with one of my reps, they are already in that fight Mm -hmm. or flight. I call it the freak out. They're already stressed before they even pick up the phone to call us because the moment they got that letter from us, they went into freak out mode. Panic. Yeah, panic. For sure. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. if they get on the phone with me or one of my staff members and we're saying things to them like, no, unfortunately, 
you know, we're saying these negative words to them. What happens is I call it a frequency scale of emotions, but they're just going to go from angry to angrier to really pissed off until they just freak out. Yeah, there's escalate. Right. I I, yeah. lo I love the disruption of this. You know, I always look at, mm -hmm. you know, if something is always the way it was and everybody continues to do do so, you create this sort of red sea and everybody's used to it. As you said, the industry kind of created this whole, you know, stigma. And then, you know, the disruption that's happening is, wait a second, wait a second, we can actually interrupt the pattern of thought here with more empowering. So let me ask you a quick question to get back on sort of eliminating negative words. Did you did you guys replace them with something? Because usually when you take something out, you, re, mm -hmm. you, know, you have to have some sort of replacement. What was that in, in your environment at the time? What you know, can you paint that for us a little bit? Yeah. So what happened was um, rule number one, there's actually three rules and three steps to words that work. And they're very, very simple. And so rule number one, as you've already heard, is we have a do not say list. And then the right. second rule is you simply replace the do not say list words with what I call the words that work. Now, words that work are like planting seeds of happiness into the consumer's mind or whoever you're talking about. So it's simply, you know, like what if every time you were going to say, unfortunately, you just instead said, fortunately. Love that. Now, mm -hmm. here's the strange thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Whatever you were going to say changes. So, like, let's say, for example, I was going to say, unfortunately, this account is going to go on your credit report. It's going to remain there for seven years, blah, blah, blah. Like, unfortunately, if you don't pay this account in full, it's going to go on your credit report. And then the person goes from angry to angrier. Right. Because I've just mm -hmm. threatened mm -hmm. them sure. with something very important, their, their credit standing. All right. But what if I sure. said, fortunately, if you pay this prior to da, da 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 it will avoid it going on your credit report. I you love just, this. Well, you're de-escalating just by flipping the words. I, right. Yeah. So I, I like of, it. So instead of telling people, and, and believe me, it, think about running your entire business with a do not say list and mm -hmm. wonder. And th so that was a challenge, you know. So we had to take like all of these common scenarios. And what I suggest to other businesses is you take your 10 top common scenarios and you really study them and you think about what the solutions are. And then you write yourself some phrases of what you can say instead. So mm -hmm. when someone calls and says, can you... Da, da 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 can you do this thing that you can't really do then instead of saying no we just really focus on what we can do instead and then we introduce that as a solution so rule number three is always say mm -hmm. what you can do instead of what you can't do so for example the other day i was um late getting my trash out it was like crazy i'm like leaving for work i'm all happy i'm like in my element and i noticed the garbage truck like two doors down from my house and so i immediately get on the phone i'm like calling the trash company i'm running up to the garage pulling the bucket out as fast as i can and i say hey you know the guy is just two houses from me can you please radio him and tell him to like pick up my trash i'm not sure what direction he's going and the lady starts saying, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And I'm just getting pissed. Like, it's so simple. The sure. dude is like right I'm there. sorry, our trucks don't have a reverse gear. <laughs> I should have just like flagged the dude down, <laughs> ran down the street after him. I probably would have gotten a better result. But she never right. offered me a solution. Like, she never That's said. Conditioning. 
Yeah, she never yeah. said like, mm. "Hey, we can send him back by later tomorrow." Like she just never gave me anything and it honestly escalated to the point where I canceled my service because I decided wow. at the end of the day, I do not want to do business with a company like this. And then here's the funny conclusion to this story. So I said, "I want to cancel my service. You know, how do I do that?" And she said, "Just tell me you want to cancel." And she and I said, "Okay, are they going to come get the bucket?" And she goes, "Yeah." They'll come get it. I said, when? She said, today. I said, well, what if it's full of trash? And she said, that's okay. They'll take it. And I said, oh, well, how are you going to let them know to come and get it? She said, I'm going to call them. Oh, my God. And then it went off. Then the candle went off. I was like, this is crazy to me. But it's such a great example of what I'm talking about. They lost a customer. I had been their customer for 15-plus years, and in that moment – because yeah. everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every choice you make is in the thinnest sliced moments is either sure. creating a connection or driving a disconnection. And what happened in that moment over the dumbest little conversation was it created a disconnection that caused me to leave my leave them as a customer. But here's a bigger problem. You know, in certain industries, they can't fire you. Someone cannot fire me as a debt collector. So what do they do instead? They sue you. Right? We live in a very litigious time. Oh, very and so healthcare, you know, when people feel so jacked, like their needs are not going to be met, then they're going to come out swinging. And in situations like this, it's not, hey, I'm firing you. It's, hey, I'm calling my lawyer and I'm going to sue you. And so there you go. Well, people are risk averse. Yeah, they they respond to the fear as opposed to the sense of increase. And that's conditioning from day one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, environment and social heredity, no doubt, Mm -hmm. play uh, some of the role. Uh, Let's go back in time, uh, Mary. Were you always like this, like sort of, you know, looking at life a little (laughs) differently and saying, hey, like this is not the way things are. I mean, obviously, you're an entrepreneur really young. I mean, that's super cool. You learn a ton, obviously, by trial and error. But was that something that was sort of in you? How did that develop? And, you know, how did you get this mindset of things? Coaches, mentors, you know, what was your influence? So, you know, I told you before that I have a really big story. And so actually my past yeah. is is very alternative compared to most people. I actually was out of my own at 16 years old. I uh, didn't have any guidance, hmm. any resources. Um, I was actually still in high school and lived out of my own. I was like literally a kid trying to make it in an adult world. And I ended up pregnant, which I'm sure is a shock. Uh, I was living with a boyfriend, and when I was 19, I gave birth to a daughter. Her name was Haley, and Haley was born with a severe and profound brain damage. Now, what this looked Hmm. like is that she was blind, she was deaf, she had no, like, human instincts or reflexes, so she couldn't swallow or suck. So she had a gastronomy tube inserted into her stomach surgically, and she was also kept alive by life support in that in those first few days hmm. and weeks. And so hmm. when she came out of the hospital, I'm 19 years old. She's on 19 medications a day, and she's she's literally like what we would call a vegetative state. And I didn't understand any of this because I'm a child myself. So Mm -hmm. I am immediately thrust into this world where I'm like constantly in fight or flight myself. I'm constantly in um, 
survival mode. And also, I didn't understand this at the time, but we're talking about pretty profound PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I'm living in the sure. emergency room. Um, well, let me backtrack here for a second. Haley would spend a lot of time admitted into the children's hospital in Indianapolis. It's called Riley's Hospital. And because I had no money or no resources, uh, my boyfriend and I, we would literally sleep on the emergency room floor. And a lot of parent, a lot of families did this, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at that age, I was just seeing things that that traumatized me. I mean, I was seeing sure. burn children who have been burn victims, cancer units, um, car accidents. Like I, I can still remember a family coming in where their entire family of children had been killed in a car accident because they were all riding in one van together. And the parents weren't in the car, but they were called into the emergency room. So it's like these things, they affect you, you know, they affect you as a person. And I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't get it then. And so she passed away a year and a half later. And I feel like, you know, right there, my life should have become a statistic, you know, like I should have become an alcoholic or drug addict or, or whatever, but I didn't do that. And then what happened, like my early journey after that went on, I took a job as a telemarketer and believe it or not, like that was one of the, this little job as a telemarketer, which by the way, I took because I felt like a complete failure in life. I mean, my friends that I had grown up with, I'd went to private school. My friends were like completing their college degrees and I'm living in a trailer with nothing. And um, so I had this job as a telemarketer, and that's where I started learning sales. And uh, I started learning the power of words early on. Mm-hmm. And I, I really took to it. It was like I had this natural talent for talking to people. And so after a while, I started realizing that, you know, I'm never going to I'm never going to get the types of jobs and opportunities that my high school friends were getting because they had these bachelor's degrees and I had nothing. I had no degree. I went to community college for a while and I'd studied like philosophy and ethics and world religions and all these things that were interesting to me, but never anything that would like add up to a core curriculum. So really actually out of desperation, you know, I would love to tell you this big empowerment story. (laughs) Like I was empowered and started this business, but quite honestly, I started this business because I felt like it was the only way for me to control my own destiny. So it was more out of this like desperate, like, what am I going to do? I'm a failure. No one's going to hire me. Might as well start my own business. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, at least you can control where that's going to go with uh, a good attitude. And, you know, often, um, and again, you know, your story is so touching. So I want to make sure that, you know, for the audience, you know, that we recognize that and, you know, it Mm -hmm. made you who you are today. And, you know, obviously you can extract all that you know, greatness that came from that experience and the things that you can share with people. Um, you know, desperation, Mike, you know, obviously a mentor of mine talks about that all the time. Desperation or inspiration is usually what drives the human, right? So a lot of us have to go through one of those two things for something passionately to, you know, sort of come into our lives or what, you know, maybe we're good at, you know, mm-hmm. sales being one that obviously taught you some good things as an entrepreneur, because now you can take that and, you know, obviously you turn it into what you're doing and how you're helping with people and and obviously it's helping your business as well that you have so super cool stuff alan man wow i i yeah i'm just just i'm writing but i'm i'm listening i can resonate (laughs) so much with what you're talking about but in all of this you know i 
I, I, Chris and I talk about this all the time, and I don't necessarily say that people have to have adversity in their life, but I think through adversity, whatever that might look like, whatever that might create, it gives you special tools. It gives you a special outlook. It gives you a lens to look at look at life and opportunity maybe a little bit different than others have. And, you know, I, I talk about circumstances equal opportunity. And you're really the epitome of that, Mary. You have taken because you could have been beat down, right? You could have been you, you could have been a statistic in the wrong sense. You're a statistic in the right sense because you've taken what you've learned and the situation and you've done exactly what you teach. What good can come from this? What can I create from this? Maybe I have to do it by myself, but what can I create from this journey of mine then that can help reduce the burden of somebody else? And I, I, I say, and Chris, and I know you do too, kudos because it would be just as easy to fall off the other side of that wagon. You guys, Slippery slope. You guys are you guys are really sweet to uh, acknowledge all of that, and I I definitely you know for years and years I didn't understand the depth and the impact of my story because you know when you're living your own story it just mm-hmm. you're in it sure. you, you know you're you're in it mm-hmm. you don't recognize it and then one day I was on a podcast and the woman was just to- so taken and and because there's a lot more to this story than what I've shared <laughs> so far. And she was filming a documentary, it was like a docu-series where she chose 50 people from around the world and she wanted to study them to understand resilience. So she was literally doing a full-fledged research project on what she calls thrivers and people who are resilient. And she didn't just mean that they had survived tragic circumstances, but that they had survived and also thrived. And so she was from Ireland. She came to the States and um, she developed like this pattern that all of these 50 people had in common. Like what were their personality traits? What were their strat? Like what were their coping strategies and Mm. how did they get through this? And I think that, you know, number one, like we're all sort of born with uh, certain personality traits and a lot of that's genetic. Some of it's environment, (coughs) but you you definitely, I, I can acknowledge now, you know, because these things that I'm telling you were in my early 20s and I'm f- in my mid 40s now. So I can definitely look back and acknowledge and say, wow, I was a child and this is the, this is the strength. This is the character that I developed. And I'm sorry because I'm starting to tear up a little bit because yeah. it's just so That's overwhelming. Right. Sure. That's okay. It's overwhelming. Sure. So. It is. You know, whatever caused me to start that business, you know, that part of it, guys, was that I was too naive to understand mm-hmm. the risk of opening a business. You know what I mean? Like my, right. my naivete yeah. and mm-hmm. my ignorance sure. actually sure. served me. It was actually sure. an asset. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Yeah, it well, really what was. you... Yeah, yeah, when you don't know what you don't know, I mean, sure. you know, at the end of the day, it can't hurt you, right? right. So, hey, listen, I just want to throw this out, um, and then we'll get into it a little bit, uh, Mary, but uh, MaryShores.com. Check it out, folks. You know, and, and your story, I love it. It's who you are. You're an amazing person. I've got these, you know, goosebumps I get, and when I get the goosebumps, folks, it's that just means some really good things around <laughs> yeah. you, and I, I really feel that, and MaryShores.com. I'll spell it M-A-R-Y-S-H-O-R. R-E-S.com. Check it out. We're going to talk a little bit about our book, The Conscious mm-hmm. Communications. Communications. 
um, and uh, and what that is and how uh, you can possibly even work with Mary if you hear something. And this will be featured on C-Suite Radio, just so everybody knows. And uh, obviously through our own channels, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, soon to be SoundCloud, and we've got obviously Facebook Live stuff that we're putting in. And uh, Mary, uh, we really welcome you to the family here because um, we love what you do. And you know, Alan and I, uh, as we talked earlier, uh, we're the connectors. So mm-hmm. we're going to put it out here because I believe what you're doing, and I've talked a lot of uh, uh, um, you know people before about what words mean. In fact, I've been diving in on something really cool in the last seven years in my personal mastery. You know, just stuff that I get taught from my mentors and things that I really resonate with, and it's all about the words that come out of our mouth in many ways because it has energy. And I love what you're up to. This is this is incredible. This is a great this is a great show today, folks. So. Check yep. out MarySheeters.com, and uh, let's talk about the book a little bit. Uh, and 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 when did when did you uh, when did you launch that book, uh, Mary? The book launched um, August of 2017, and I'm very proud of it. You know, writing that book was literally my biggest dream come true in life. Mm. And I would Um. honestly, I think for about 10 years, ever since I really stumbled upon like the words that work, you know, and I was constantly teaching workshops on it. Everyone was telling me, you know, this business communication strategy, it's not just about business. It changed my life. It didn't just change my business, it literally changed my life. And so I was constantly being poked and prodded to write a book. And I internally (laughs) wanted to write a book. And I would actually say to anybody who would listen to me, I would be, I would say, hey, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. And so what's interesting about that, especially Mm. since we're talking about words, is that words is this mirror to your subconscious mind. So it's like when you hear me say the words, I want to write a book, that you're you're seeing that written on my soul that I've come into this life with this purpose of writing this book. But I have a big problem when the next words out of my mouth are, but I'm not a writer. But I'm not a writer. Yes, because those words are also revealing something in my subconscious that somewhere along my history, Mm -hmm. I have developed a belief system (laughs) that I am not capable of writing a book. Now, it probably comes from the lack of education, you know, just just who knows and who cares, right? Because the important thing is... (laughs) In the moment when you figure out how to rewrite those beliefs, and this also, you know, our our subconscious and our brains are very complicated. And so that's why I love the study of neurology, because you can change your circumstances just from the most simplest things. Mm -hmm. And so this book came after I invested in myself. I went to a writer's workshop again at Omega Institute. It was actually one of my first trips there many years ago. And I had this amazing writing teacher and her name is Cheryl Strayed. She has wrote many, many New York Times bestsellers. She wrote a book called Wild, which eventually became a movie starring Reese Witherspoon. But what happened in that workshop was that by the (laughs) I saw it too. By the end of the day or by the end of the workshop, the end of the week, I wrote this short story and it was about my daughter who passed away in 1993. It is about my son who's my oldest son who's on the autism spectrum and just like what it's like raising a child where you have no rule book and you have – you just very alone. It's it's a very kind of lonely existence uh, raising this child. And I paralleled that with my roller coaster journey as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. 
And when I read this story to the class, no one laughed at me. No one told me I wasn't a writer. As a matter of fact, it was completely the opposite where people stood in line to hug me. They had tears in their eyes. And see, what happened was in that moment when I received that feedback, my brain, my subconscious got the evidence that it needed to rewrite that Mm -hmm. belief. So when Mm -hmm. I saw that evidence, I could then change my thoughts about how I thought about the writing process, which then changed my words, which then changed my actions and my choices. And my beliefs were rewritten. And within seven months, I had a dream book deal with Hay House Publishers. Nice. Ah. I love that. Yeah, you more goosebumps. More goosebumps. <laughs> more goosebumps. More goosebumps. I'll tell you, uh, it is a great feeling, and I recommend to anybody write a book. Just write your yeah. book. Write your yep. story. Write what's you know maybe uh, your dream even. Write about things that maybe are out there. Who knows? But I think writing a book allows you to you know crystallize thought, get creative, and uh, these are like magic wands. You know, I'm pointing at my finger uh, at yeah. my finger at my uh, at my pen right now for the folks uh, listening in. Uh, Mary, I love your story. I really do. And uh, you know, there's just so much uh, more we can obviously you know talk to and and and, and dive in on. Uh, but you know, one of the questions I always like is. Uh, um, you know, for you to tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now that, you know, people can get involved in. I know you do events, speaking, you know, you you're work with a lot of different corporations and, and things like that. So people listening in, you know, connect with uh, with Mary on some of the things she could uh, she can help you with. But uh, what is sort of the, uh, the the big thing right now? Well, I mean, I definitely run this this collection agency. So if anyone has any debt that you've collected, give me a call. Uh, you know, my passion you is go. really <laughs> my passion is really um, writing and speaking. So I love to I love to speak at an event. I'm speaking at an event in Toronto where actually I'm going to be giving a talk about writing. I teach an online course called the Aspiring Authors Online Workshop, which is just a very low cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for people who want to write that book. It's for people who were in that situation where they say, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. Because like what I had to learn was I thought the writing process meant that people sat at a typewriter and they got themselves a cottage by the lake. And then they just like started typing out starting at chapter one and it just all flowed through them in some sort of magical (laughs) process. And what I learned was that's all complete BS. Yep. And in order to write the type of like teaching memoir that I wrote, it's really all about writing a book proposal. And so I teach this class about how to to write a book proposal, where I go through all the sections of a book proposal. I give examples. I actually give people a copy of my book proposal, which got me a book deal with Hay House. And I just go through step by step how to develop your book proposal. So that at the end of that class, and actually I'm happy to report that many, many, many of my students have a book proposal now and that's such a valuable document to have because once you have it you can then use it to get an agent and that's your sort of your first steps to writing the book and even if you want to self-publish it's very important to have a book proposal because if you have a book proposal what's going to happen is it becomes like your marketing plan and it and it's it really helps you organize all your thoughts so even if you yeah. self-publish you know, you get lost in the in the blueprint of the book. Right. And so a, a proposal is a great guide. So I'm very Thank grateful sure. to the universe yeah. that I was able to uh, give back in that way. Amazing. But I, 
I want to say, too, one more thing, that my story about wanting to be a writer, it's bigger than just writing, because how many people say, I want to start a business, but I don't have the money, I don't have the education, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I just, I don't have the support, or I want to lose 20 pounds, but I don't have access to a gym, or, you know, I, I have this illness. It's like we say what we want, we declare to the universe what we want, and then we, we cancel it with the but excuse of why we can't have it. Sure. And so the story sure. is much broader than just writing. It's really like understanding that we can have whatever we want because our we're really projecting the reality that becomes our lives by the, the moments and the choices that mm-hmm. we're making every day. And we, and we get in control of those moment-to-moment choices. We can build the exact life that we want. That, you know, I, I, I really want to accolade you not to, you know, to blow hot air up your up your business or anything, um, but you have really applied yourself because you had to. You didn't aggregate a bunch of information from those around you and say, "Guess what? This I think is the best thing to do." Here is my crap. Here's what I went through. Here's what I did. Here's the failures, the successes. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've taught and teached. Here's the results from some of the things that I've done and been able, been blessed to be able to share. And that's very relevant and very authentic, Mary. And I, I, I tell you, uh, th- there's so many people I think that we're going to connect you with that uh, I, I, I just sure. hope that we can expand and grow your your footprint just a little bit because I think you have a lot of greatness to show and to offer. Sure. And uh, yeah, and, and very relatable, very yeah, relatable, so. you know, for people listening in in the audience, because no one goes unscathed through life. You know, it's either something happens to us all, you know, especially when we're growing up and, you know, we relate to and we have these feelings towards. And let's face, we're all emotional people. Uh, you know, that's just the human spirit to have emotion. And uh, you uh, certainly demonstrated the and I'll agree that authentic, real life experience that happened and turn it into something that you can, you know, really work and and uh, and, and have some passion around. And that's attractive to people because it's the mm-hmm. real deal. It's not some, right. you know, sitting beside a and I'll throw it out there. I'll do it, even though whoever has one, don't get me wrong. If it's you know something that you really want, because it's not meant to do that. But you know, sitting beside a Ferrari and saying, "Hey, look at what I did with words." You know, it's really, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is what I did with words, and this is how it's created and, and cultured my whole life, and you know how it's reflecting to others with that evidence that you had mentioned that we get from doing things, and then it's the evidence of that. Wow, this you know, I I, I can feel really good about, but then. You know, I think that that does something for everybody else out there that your evidence of doing these things mm-hmm. that you know end up being uh, a new perspective on life. So, thanks for sharing all this, Mary. Um, I um, big fan, big yeah. fan. We'll just sit and listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, always be the student, right? Always be the student. So that's right. You've got, that's um, right. You've got a few things going on, man. These shows go fo- so fast. I, I always look up and uh, they do, the and it's. Yeah, right. it's all of a sudden, bam. And, you know, and, and Chris and I talk about it. We even talked about it last week. We go, our very first shows, it was like <laughs> 10 minutes go by, and it feel like it was an hour because it was just yeah. crickets on the other end of the line, right? <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. it's just the opposite. We're, we're, we're fortunate to be able to have great great guests like Mary on the show uh, that do sure. we do have a, a lot of value. But Mary, before, before I know we're getting late, but I but I want to talk about one thing, and and you've got a key thing here that you talk about the fine line between value and overwhelm. 
And I think that goes, you know, with what a lot of people feel these days, that sense of risk averse as opposed to the sense of opportunity and creation. Can you talk a little bit about that as to how that brought you through where you're at? You know, I think that um, actually the, the fine line between value and overwhelm to me was born out of a little bit of irritation from the phrase, you ever hear, you ever think if I hear this phrase one more time, I'm just going to throw up a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. I might throw up with you. So it really came because I felt like every speech I went to or every event, everyone was talking about adding value. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, yes, I get it. We need to add value, but it was just so overplayed. It was like that song that wouldn't go away on the radio because it was, you know, number one (laughs) for five minutes. But I just started thinking about this and it's like, okay, well, we're adding so much value that we're overwhelming ourselves. And then it just became this bigger metaphor for how we're so overtaxed in our nervous systems all the time because we constantly have notifications going off, you know, a simple phone call. And and, and you have so many options, you you just don't know what to choose because life can easily become overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got like 5,000 Facebook friends and this many LinkedIn friends and (laughs) everyone's messaging you like, hey, what's up? I don't know what to say about this. So, you know, it's like, what is that line between, you know, giving giving what your expertise is, sharing your knowledge with the world. Like my mission right now is totally to make a dent in the collective consciousness of the world of debt, you know? And like, how can I? I like that a lot. That's pretty It's really important because. It's a problem for people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It is a problem. And it's not getting any easier. The problem Mm -hmm. is the way it's our attitude towards debt, right? Sure. But Mm -hmm. like, if we're just. Throwing, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it just goes into this feeling that I have that we have so much coming at us all of the time that it just becomes overwhelming. And so as an entrepreneur or whatever it is in your business, you know, think about that. Like, are you, are you throwing so much at people that you're actually just overwhelming them and then they can't make a choice? You know, so right, we want to keep that. Yeah. We want to keep that at a balance where we're we're giving. Giving. By the way, I've done this. Like I can give so much stuff away for free that there's nothing left for anyone to work with me <laughs> with, and and that's okay. So okay, I just rambled on forever about this, but no, that's awesome. No, no, that's no, totally that's cool. Great. I mean, that's you, totally cool. You shared some good points for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I I want to encourage. Uh, people to check out uh, your your def- different um, events you've got going on as well because you do a lot of workshop stuff and mm-hmm. you know check that out folks. Um, Alan, what do you uh, what else do you have for uh, Mary? What what's what's irking at you to to dive into? Uh, like 27 things. Um, but we, <laughs> yes, that's why I always ask because yeah. you're always head down and, and writing a bunch of stuff. And uh, I know you've got some things that you want to you share. Uh, go ahead. Let's do it. I, igniting change. What do you think? Um, you, you've had a, a lot of circumstance and a lot of ingredients in your life, I guess, it is maybe a good way to say that. And some of those things elicit positive and negative changes. How do you how do people get past the risk averse piece of things in their life to initiate change? You did it because I think by out of your own words, at least if I'm understanding you correctly, by circumstance, right? 
you didn't have a choice. Yeah. You were thrust, kind of thrust into it. And but you also thrust. didn't want to put up with with what everybody else was doing, and so you chose a different path. Yeah, and and I want to talk more about that because we we I shared a lot from my early my earlier life, you know, mm-hmm. early twenties, and I want to say that, and I love this this uh, phrase, ignite change, because it is like change can be something that we're terrified of, but yet it, it's like we're in this we're living in this time where everyone's chasing their purpose. And it's like I've said often that purpose becomes like this capital P word purpose that you that is hiding. You know, your purpose is hiding behind a curtain and you have to go through some sort of like, you know, hero's journey in order to discover your purpose. (laughs) Right. Like more. You have to go through the the bowels of Mordor to like Uh what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) Good one. Yeah. I went through. When I was in my 30s, and this was this was after my divorce, and um, I def- I decided that uh, it was in my mid 30s. I decided I wanted to take a more spiritual path in life, and um, this was really quite a shakeup because I was very I wanted to invest the most into my own ability to like reach the self actualization level on the old you know Maslow's hierarchy scale. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a big problem in in sort of this uh, existential crisis because I thought, am I going to have to give up my career to follow my path? Because here I am, I'm this debt collector, and I think to myself, that's not congruent with a spiritual path. You know, how am I going to reach my, like, how am I going to climb and and go towards my own enlightenment and my own self-development if I'm doing this job that's inherently perceived as an evil or bad thing because let's face it like the 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 tax collector in the old testament is not a popular dude at no. all no right? not at all so you could see my <laughs> crisis here and and so sure it's such an interesting thing that happened to me because i was um Again at Omega Institute, it's like Omega Day. I was at Omega Institute and I was talking to this woman. It was sort of like an out on the front porch type of conversation, having coffee. And I was telling her my situation. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, I feel like my life is out of alignment because I want to be on this spiritual path, but I'm terrified because I don't want to give up my career. I'm passionate about what I do. And I was explaining to her all about it. And she goes, she started laughing and she said, don't you see it? She said, your work is your spiritual path. Hmm. She said, what Hmm. you're doing is so important. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to explain to me that people that have a debt, it's like it can become like a karma, like a karmic debt. And she said that the way that I was helping people was actually clearing their karma. And this made a huge light bulb moment go off in my, in my head, you know, like that when your, your mind just like mind Mm -hmm. blown. Big epiphany, huh? Yeah, like load universe in t- into canon, point of brain kind of thing. And all of a sudden, the whole thing about purpose and all of that just became so cleared up for me. And not only did I awaken to my true purpose in that moment, which is all to be this catalyst to how we change our perception of debt. Like debt's a good thing. Debt allows mm-hmm. us to invest. Debt is not bad. It's not. I mean, people believe that and then that causes them to run away from their debts because they're ashamed and, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of unworthiness tied to it. But when I woke
woke up to that, I realized that I had been working on my purpose all along. And I think that this is true for a lot of us, that purpose doesn't have to be this elusive thing. Purpose is whatever your natural skills, gifts, and talents are, Mm -hmm. and then how you apply those in the world. And so when I came back from this moment, I realized that I needed to change more than just my own company with my strategy. I needed to take it to the debt collection industry. And so all of a sudden, my mission got a lot lot bigger because now I want to make a ripple in the 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 collections industry and i'm doing that like i'm teaching the other debt collectors i'm sure believe Mm -hmm. me they were throwing tomatoes at me in the beginning they did not want to hear from okay little girl we don't want to hear what you have to say here but now my industry they write articles about me they're constantly inviting me to speak and it's working you know so i think that the whole the whole reason i'm telling you that is just to when you are someone who's like, I'm not sure I'm on my purpose. Ask yourself, like, what are you good at that you actually enjoy doing? And believe it or mm-hmm. not, that's your purpose. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Hey, I we don't even it. have to bring her in for landing. No, no we don't. That own. was it. No, that was I it. Think, I didn't I, want to ask questions. I, I think Mary has gelled so well with us. We have to get her back on like a co, co-host show and have some fun about some of the things that yeah. uh, we can tap into. Yeah. How about that, Alan? I think she, I mean, she, just, she just basically did what we you wanted just, to do. You just with, finished with, it like, for us. We didn't have to ask. Boom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love just, it. Mary, <laughs> on that note, will you come back on the show at some point? Absolutely. Love to. You rock. I love hey, it. Alan, I it's love always it. a pleasure. Um, I, I know. I was just about to say, hey, can you bring us in for a landing here? Because you know, hey, I don't need to. We can talk on autopilot. Time, but she just kind of took that sub- <laughs> subconsciously and 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 took it and said, hey, I'll just do it for you guys. Here we go. That's Boom. Right. We're gonna leave it on that note. Drop the mic. And Mary, you're awesome. Really enjoyed this show. Mary Shores, the debt disruptor. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, you can uh, get a hold of us at info at thinkboldbebold.com. If you have anything for Mary, we'll make sure she uh, she gets the notes and uh, and the love, and obviously we'll uh, launch this and, and put it on mm-hmm. all the networks. This is well worth getting it out there even further and having her back on the show sometime yep. to follow up on it. Absolutely. All right, Mary, thank you. You enjoy your day. I absolutely will. I hope you gentlemen do as well. We will. Thanks so much for your transparency and honesty. And Chris, as usual, great buddy. This is a blast. We're having a great. And Mary, we're going to increase your ripple. That's all there is to it. We're just, we need to do that. Ripple. I love it. Uh, All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.